Well, good morning. Good morning, beloved. It's good to be with you. You know, the scripture calls you beloved. And when we look at first Peter today, um, that's the first word that we begin with beloved. You know, this is a unique season of life. Um, and we all need to remember certain things that are anchors for our soul. Um, as we continue to look at the next season of life and, and we battle forward, we need moments of encouragement and hope. And so I'm grateful to be with you and worship with you all today. Um, thank you for being in the room today. For those of you who are here, uh, thank you as well to our online family. And let me just say again, um, what an exceptional group of young people that has graduated this year. Uh, many of you, you've experienced in your lifetime uh, a normal graduation and, and this year's group of seniors, uh, that was taken away from them for the most part. So uh, you as graduates, again, I want you to know as your pastor and as your friend, uh, not only am I proud of you, but you're going to make it through this by God's strength and by God's grace. There are better days ahead and may his blessings rest on you as well as for all of you who have had a major accomplishment in life. You've graduated in another capacity. Some of you have graduated or accomplished something in the season of life. Listen, that's a big deal. It's a big deal. It's especially a big deal right now. And I'm just so grateful. Um, can we pray together for just a moment? Father, I ask even now that your Holy Spirit would rest upon each and every one of your family today by Christ. Those who are with us online, those who are here in the room, may your Holy Spirit work. God, will you help? Will you, will you strengthen our hearts and will you teach us to look to you? And God, thank you for calling us beloved. It's by your grace and mercy and your loving kindness that we pray in Jesus name. Amen. So we're looking ahead now in life and, and wow, what we thought would be a sprint is now a marathon. <laughs> and I, I look in my own life and I say, boy, I, I'm that kind of person that thinks, you know, um, this will pass more quickly. Um, I'm that kind of optimist. And then you realize, boy, we, we're going to be battling some uniqueness for a long time. Um, and so each and every week, one of the things that I've tried to do is to make sure the, that for those of you in the room, uh, for those of you online, uh, there's something that you can anchor your life in uh, every week. And I, I just want to say thank you for those of you who are, who are sending notes and those of you who are online uh, for expressing how meaningful this moment is to you. Um, because between Sunday and Wednesday night, there are a lot of people who are saying, this is my word of hope for the week. This is my anchor. This is my perspective. And we all need that. We all need something eternal that's going to last and help us continue to weather this storm. And so as we go to the book of First Peter today, um, there is a phrase that is powerful in First Peter chapter 4. We're going to finish that chapter today. Uh, and I've taken that phrase as the title of today's message because it's important to hold on to this phrase, especially in the midst of our life. And here's the phrase, keep on rejoicing, keep on rejoicing. That's the title of today's talk tonight, the title of today's message, because in moments like this, you have to find something to rejoice in. 
If you get lost in the darkness, in the discouragement, in the depression, if you get lost in the things that will pull you down, um, it's going to be hard for you to cycle back out of that as an individual. It's just the way we were wired as people. But if you find something that you can rejoice in, something that God has done for you, something that God is doing that is sovereign and supernatural above the ways of the world, and the ways of people, and the ways of those around you, if you can find something that God has done for you, or God is doing, or that God is going to do, and you can find that, and you can rejoice in that, then you are going to make it through this season of life as a believer in God, and as a follower of Jesus. And today, this word from Simon Peter, the apostle, he says, keep on rejoicing. And so today we're going to look at that from the book of Simon Peter. Hey, I, I want to ask um, all of you to do something, um, especially those of you in, in our online audience. This is something we do in church um, and we take it for granted, I think. But I encourage you, for those of you who are in our online family today, I want to encourage you to do the same. When we read the scripture, um, it's, our, it's our custom here to stand as we read the scripture, but there's a reason for it. Uh, we do that because we acknowledge an authority that is higher than our own. Um, and so it's going to be a little weird for those of you who are in our online family, perhaps, to do this. But I want to encourage you to do this. If you're looking at us through a, a laptop or maybe you're out moving and you're on your phone, maybe you have a tablet. This is going to be weird for you, but I, I'm going to ask you to stop for just a minute because this is going to be good for you. I'm going to ask you to stop as we begin to read the scripture. The words will be on the screen for you. And I'm going to ask you to stand as well as those who are in our family right here on campus today. And here's why. In doing so, in pausing your soul and pausing your life and doing something that's a little weird for just a moment, you're going to do what we're all going to do. You're going to find a reason to rejoice because you're acknowledging an authority that is greater than your own. So let's stand together in honor of God's word. And we're going to read. From the Bible, 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 12 through 19. Just a few verses, but I want to read those with you. And the Bible says this, Beloved, 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 do not be surprised at the fiery ordeal among you, which comes upon you for your testing. As though some strange thing were happening to you. But to the degree that you share the sufferings of Christ, keep on rejoicing. Keep on rejoicing. So that also at the revelation of his glory, you may rejoice with exultation. If you are reviled for the name of Christ, you are blessed. Because the spirit of glory and the spirit of God rests upon you. Make sure that none of you suffers as a murderer or a thief or an evildoer or a troublesome meddler. But if anyone suffers as a Christian... He, she, that person is not to be ashamed, but is to glorify God in this name. For it is time for judgment to begin with the household of God. And if it begins with us first, what will be the outcome for those who do not obey the good news, the gospel 
of God. And if it is with difficulty that the righteous is saved, what will become of the godless man or woman and those who rebel and sin against God? Therefore, those also who suffer according to the will of God shall entrust their souls to a faithful creator in doing what is right. This is the word, beloved, for us today. And by his word, we can learn through Christ to keep on rejoicing. Let's pray together. Father, I thank you today for the family of faith. I thank you for what you've done for us through Jesus. God, we are human to the core, fallen to the core, and yet you give us great love, great compassion, great mercy, great grace. And thank you for that. So may your hope fill the hearts of every person today. Um, God, all of my friends and family here in this room and online, believers and those who are not quite there yet, God, I thank you for every person today. May your Holy Spirit work and speak and build us all up in life, in Christ, in his name. Amen. You may be seated. To keep on rejoicing. Now, let's be real. That's hard to do. Remember, I've said this throughout this series in reading uh, this letter that Simon Peter wrote to Christians. And he wrote this letter to Christians around the world in his generation. Christians who were going through, and the Bible says it very clearly, various kinds of trials. Christians around the region, not just in one area, Christians around the world, known world at that time, and they were going through various kinds of trials. So what's your various kind of trial? What is it that comes against you right now? I mean, here's the thing. The obvious one is the unique challenges that the entire world is going through um, because of a sickness, because of a virus, because of a pandemic, because of fear. And there's a lot of factors related to that. But that's not the only thing that's vexing people today. I've learned that many people are going through internal struggles, emotional struggles, mental struggles, practical struggles, physical struggles. The struggle is real. And in the midst of your struggle, you, you define it, you put it on paper, you write it in your journal, you process it in your mind. But in the midst of that, how do you rise above? How do you come above with something that will overcome your struggle, your various types of trials? And Simon Peter, in this letter, he identifies people who trust in a higher authority, people who trust in the father who has created them and loves them deep deeply peter identifies those who follow christ for the salvation of their souls and the hope of their lives not only eternally but here today and he calls you and i something and it begins in this verse and it's powerful one of the first ways that you and i learn to be able to do that is to identify that we are beloved so i want to give you beloved today your life lesson on how to help you and i continue to keep on rejoicing in the midst of something that looks like it may be a little longer term than what perhaps we originally thought how do you keep on rejoicing when your various trials are going to come against you how do you keep 
on rejoicing when perhaps you've, you've lost your job or you're struggling financially or you've lost that person or those people that you love. When the world is stacked against you, when you're battling various trials, how do you keep on rejoicing? And I want to give you the life lesson because it begins always and it ends always with one person. His name is Jesus. And so your life lesson today is this, Jesus, Jesus. Jesus is, Jesus is our reason to hold on and to rejoice in the midst of our struggles. Jesus is, he is our reason to hold on and to rejoice in the midst of our struggles. Let me say it one more time. Jesus, let's, let's just kind of let that sink in for a minute. Jesus is. He is our reason to hold on and not just hold on, but rejoice in the midst of our struggles. Here, here's the certain reality of today. Uh, many of us together are realizing that as we process the next chapters of life, um, we have to follow uh, one of those common wisdom thoughts that's maybe passed around. Um, you're at the end of your rope, so how do you... How do you hold on when you're at the end of your rope? You tie a knot at the end of your rope and you hold on for dear life, right? And, and Jesus is your knot at the end of your rope. I mean, the reality is some of you may not be feeling that. You may not be feeling, well, I'm at the end of my rope. But yet the reality is I have found a lot of people who are there. I have talked with a lot of people who are there. I've encouraged a lot of people who are there and, and in this church and other churches and, and around this even nation. People are going through things. And, and, and this moment of health crisis is really just a cover and a trigger for what's really going on inside of a lot of people. It's just brought it to the surface. And so how do you continue to process life and learn to rejoice? Jesus is your reason to hold on. He is the reason that regardless of how you feel, regardless of what your trial is, regardless of what the struggle is that you're facing, Jesus, 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 oh Jesus, he is the knot in your rope and you hold on to him. You cling to him. You grab to him. Simon Peter knew that. You hold on to Jesus. He knew that at moments when he was not holding on to Jesus, Jesus was holding on to him. Isn't that good? Because there are moments where you may not find the strength or the faith. Or the belief system, though you've been anchored in it, rooted in it, it's been taught to you your whole life. You're going to have a moment perhaps that comes against you. And when you don't feel like you can hold on to Jesus, Jesus reaches into the ocean and he pulls you up. Jesus calls you out and he rescues you even in the moments where you struggle with your faith. Jesus is the reason that we hold on. But we don't just hold on, we learn to rejoice. And there are reasons that we can rejoice. There are reasons that we can keep on rejoicing. So as I look at these words that Simon Peter would pen and that he would write to Christians in a world that was broken then, just like it's broken today, I realize that in the midst of our struggles, the reason we can rejoice are these. Here are three things that will help you hold on and will help you keep on rejoicing. Number one, write this down. This will help you as you think about what is good when everything else seems like it's so challenging and wrong. Number one, he, Jesus, loves you. He loves you. You will never get beyond or over the fact that God 
and through his son Jesus has gone to the greatest extent possible to prove to us that he loves us. And listen, it doesn't matter what you're walking through. God loves you. Jesus loves you. He begins this part of this passage and he calls us beloved. Beloved is a very endearing word. You would write that word to someone that you love. Um, it's recorded in scripture of many times about the reflection of not just the love between two individuals, but it's also recorded very specifically about how God views us as his children. We are the beloved of God and we are specifically under the love of God by Jesus. And in this passage, Simon Peter actually acknowledges how much God loves us. He loves us. And how does he acknowledge that? He acknowledges it through the sufferings of Christ. Love is revealed in suffering. Love is not just revealed when everything is great and everything is right. Love is revealed when it's challenging. Love is revealed when you have to fight for what you believe in, who you believe in, all of the things that are good for you. And do you know what Jesus did? Jesus fought for you. Jesus fought to rescue me. Jesus fought and he battled through sufferings to prove to us the love of God irregardless of our suffering, irregardless of our challenge, irregardless of what we walk through. In the Bible, in this passage, Simon Peter calls you and I beloved, reminding us that we are loved by God. And how much are we loved? Because Jesus walked through these sufferings. And to the degree that you walk through sufferings, you are sharing in the same love that God has for you. You are experiencing in a small portion the extent to which Jesus loves you and gave up everything to save you. Not just forever, but even right now in the midst of whatever it is you're walking through. That's the power of the love of God. Isn't that good? I mean, in the midst of everything else you're facing, isn't it good to know he loves you that much? So the degree to which you are suffering, listen, it may feel a lot. The degree to which you are challenged, it may feel like a lot. It is overwhelming. And I understand that very personally, very genuinely with you as a follower of Jesus. But to that degree, I am only sharing in a fraction, in a fraction of capacity to the extent that God loves me as proved through the suffering of Christ and all that he went through to save my soul, to save my life, and to give you and I a reason to rejoice. You realize that you can rejoice today regardless of what you're going through. And you might say to me, well, I've lost my job. Well, my finances are on the skid. Well, this relationship is gone. Um, my health is struggling. Um, there are all these issues that are going on inside of me, right? And if we get lost in all of those, we will miss the very things that will give us hope and the opportunity to rejoice. And you'll never be able, ever, to be able to overcome the power and the reality 
of the love of God and how strong that will make you and how much joy that will bring you, regardless of your suffering, your loss, your challenge, God loves you. and Therefore, you can rejoice. In the midst of challenge, in the midst of trial, you can rejoice. That's good. Simon Peter, as he pins that, he says, you don't have to be surprised at this fiery ordeal. Um, you don't have to um, think that these things that are happening are strange. You're going to be tested. You're going to be tested. And, and listen, that goes for Christian and unchristian alike. In this moment of time, what do you find? You're tested. You're tested in some capacity as a human being. But here's the second thing that will give you a reason to rejoice and to keep on rejoicing, to hold on because of Jesus. And here it is. In the midst of all of this, not only does it help me to remember he loves me, but secondly, it helps me to know he is with me. Jesus is with me. Jesus is with me you. God is with you. In the midst of whatever it is, your various trial, your various challenge, it doesn't matter what it is, God is with you. You're not alone. You're not abandoned. You're not rejected. You're not one of those who's been excluded. No, God is with you. And I love this because for those of you who are children of God, by faith, in Jesus and Jesus alone. For those of you who have embraced that power of being called a son or a daughter of God through Jesus. He is with you. Verse 14 it says this. You are blessed. You are blessed. You ready? Because the spirit of glory. And the Spirit of God rests upon you. You are blessed. You are blessed in the midst of your various trials and your deep challenges in what you're walking through. And though it doesn't look like you planned and you hoped and you dreamed and you were holding on to, you are blessed. And you are blessed not because of what the world looks like. And you're not blessed because of the various trials that you're facing. You are blessed. You are blessed as a child of God because the spirit of glory and the spirit of God rests upon you. To rest means it dwells among you. To rest means it's abiding with you. To rest means it's a part of who you are. The spirit of the living God. The spirit of his son, the savior. And very specifically, Peter writes to people who are challenged. To people who are dealing with life. He writes to them and he says, you're blessed. And they're going, we're not blessed. This is horrible. We're not blessed. This is hard. We're not blessed. This is difficult. He goes, no, you are blessed for one reason. The spirit of glory. 
Not the spirit of discouragement, not the spirit of darkness, not the spirit of the world, not the spirit of control, not the spirit of manipulation, not the spirit of fear, the spirit of glory, the spirit of the living God rests upon you. The spirit of God is upon you. And when he writes that to people then, and I embrace that as an individual today, as a follower of Jesus, I begin to understand this, that in the midst of a world gone nuts, crazy, difficult, and challenging, I am not alone. You are not alone. We are not alone. He, God, is with us. And His Spirit, the Spirit of glory, the Spirit of things that are to come, the Spirit of all things good, the Spirit that helps us rejoice, the Spirit of God rests upon you. He is with you. So though, even though you may walk through the valley of the shadow of the darkness, you may walk through moments that are deeply challenging, you fear no evil because he is with you. His spirit rests upon you. And Simon Peter echoes these words and he talks about suffering and he says, look, don't, don't suffer for anything wrong. You don't want to suffer for bad decisions you want to protect against that but but if you suffer as a christian if you are challenged as a christian if you're challenged in moments of life but yet you keep your faith anchored in god you do not have to be ashamed you do not have to be afraid you do not have to get lost overwhelmed and yes, these things will all come against us all the time because we're mortal, we're frail, we're human. They're going to come against us. But you battle back, you push back. Why? Because he loves me. He loves you. He loves us. And he's with us. Isn't that good? And Simon Peter reminded a whole generation of believers in Christ. Hey, look, I know in your generation, as he was writing, you're going through a lot but I've walked through every moment of life, every possible scenario as a human, as a man, Simon Peter would write. And in every moment, Jesus was there. In every moment, Jesus was with me. In every moment, he never stopped loving me. And therefore, Simon Peter was able to say, keep on rejoicing. You are blessed and you will rejoice again because of what he has done for you. And so... As I read the rest of the text, I begin to understand this final thing that allows me to rejoice in the midst of things that may not cause my body, my soul, my spirit, my flesh to rejoice. I, I find something greater at work in me and I learn this third thing that I can rejoice first because he loves me, second because he's with me, and third because he is faithful. I can rejoice because he is faithful. Here, here's what happens in, in our world, and we see this a lot in our lives today. Um, we expect other people to be faithful. 
we do. Or, or, or we're a cynic and we, we begin to think nobody's faithful and, and nobody really keeps their word. And, and, and there's no such thing as, as trust or love or, uh, you know, everybody's got to. You, you either go one direction or the other. Maybe you're walking the fine line of the middle. But here's the thing. We're not anchored by people. We're anchored by Jesus. We're not anchored by society and what other people say, think, or even worldly authorities. We're not anchored by them. We're anchored by a living God, a living Savior, a living Spirit. That's where we're anchored. And Simon Peter, in this last verse, he, he talks about how the reality is that in this world, even as you suffer, what are you doing? You are trusting your soul to the will of a living God who is a faithful creator and who will do what is right. You are trusting your soul. You are trusting your life in the midst of all of these sufferings that he describes this reality that people are living through even then and that you and I experience in different ways today. The unknowns, the uncertainty, the what ifs, all of that was relevant to people then just like it is to you now. And Simon Peter writes this and he basically concludes for all of the people, listen, even as you walk through all of this, God is faithful. You're not entrusting your soul and your life to the will of a human. You're entrusting your soul and your life and your reason to press forward and rejoice. You're entrusting it to a faithful creator who is going to do what is right. So here's the thing. Right now you walk through emotional, physical, perhaps financial, perhaps it's work-related. It could be something else, health. There's something. All Christians, all people will walk through something like that. And, and in reality, if you're not, your turn will come. You're human. It can't help but come. We all walk through that for a very simple reason. To realize that in this world, there is one person who's going to be faithful to you. There's one person who is going to stand with you in the gap regardless of what you go through. And by standing with him in the moment, whenever it is your moment, by standing with him, that's how you're going to overcome whatever challenge it is that has faced you, whatever difficulty it is that has come against you, whatever suffering it may be that you are walking through, you will overcome because you have entrusted your life to a living God, not a statue, not a thought, not a philosophy, not a concept, You've entrusted your life to a living creator who loves you, who is with you, and who is faithful and who is going to do what is right. I can rejoice. You can rejoice. We can find reasons to rejoice in the midst of challenge because there is a God in heaven who is going to work it out for what is best for you as his son or his daughter. He's going to do that. Why? He's faithful when other people are not. He has an answer when other people do not. He can do for you and for me what other people cannot. He is a faithful. Are you ready for this? 
He is a faithful God. God. He is a maker, a creator, a saver, a sustainer. He is a God and one who loves his children to the fullest extent possible that he would suffer alongside of you and me and us and he would understand whatever it is, whatever you would throw at him and go, God, I can't believe this. God, I can't deal with this. God, I don't understand this. He goes, been there. And I paid the price for you to understand that in the midst of that, you can rejoice because I love you. Been there because I sent my son to walk with you and I am with you now. The spirit of God is upon you. Been there. And I'm going to work it out because I'm faithful. I am a God who is going to do what is right. So you may not see it today. You may not feel it right now. You may not understand it. You may question it. You may be walking through all kinds of things. It doesn't matter what season of life God has brought you to in this moment. He is a faithful creator to whom your soul is entrusted. And he's going to work it out the right way. Isn't that good? So when I think about what I'm walking through as a person, when I think about what I'm walking through as an individual, when I think about the reality that the next season of life may be extended and that we may be wearing masks for a year, which I don't like, or we may be trying to figure out how to be normal when things are not normal. I can still find a reason to rejoice. And not just me, you, us. We can rejoice because we are loved by God. Are you loved by God today? Do you understand the power that Jesus loves you? For God so loved the world. God so loved you. He gave his only begotten son, his one of a kind, his monogonese, his unique son. He gave his only son so that whosoever, man, woman, anyone, any background, any belief system, whoever would turn and would believe in him, that person would not perish. Do you realize that even though today it may feel like things are perishing, that person will not perish. It will come against you, but it will not cause you to die. You will not perish. Why? Because through your belief, God has given to you life and he's given it to you everlasting. Why? Because he loves you. He loves me. He loves us. He's with us. Jesus even said, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Listen, I, I don't think it's the end of the age yet. If it were, I'd be looking up and we'd be seeing him right now, right? But in the midst of whatever it is that he's given us we walk through, he is with us. He's with us now until the moment that he says, it's time, child, come home. Come home. And it's just not time yet. And therefore, as we continue to walk, we learn to rejoice because our God is faithful. And you may feel alone. He's faithful. You may feel abandoned. He's faithful. You may feel challenged. He's faithful. You may not know what to do. He's faithful. Our God is faithful and his name is Jesus and he is our savior and therefore you my brothers my sisters my beloved you can rejoice
Let's pray together. So as I pray with my friends and my family today, God, I just humbly ask that you hear us all, that from where we walk and where we come from today, we are people. And we need a greater word, even greater than what I can provide, for I'm just a man. We need the spirit of glory, the spirit of God to fill our hearts. We need the sense that as sons and daughters of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, we need the sense that we are truly blessed and that we are blessed beyond this world, beyond the image that we may show, the things that we may have, the things that we may fight for and believe in, that God, we would rise even above those. And find that our substance is in you. Our rejoicing is in you. God, thank you for your love. And today, for any child that has been wandering, struggling, questioning, maybe even to the point has yet to receive your love, I, I pray for that person today. That they would know that they're loved. I pray for those um, who are feeling alone, that they would know they are not alone. And you are with them. I pray for those who, who hide behind image and yet deep down are broken. I pray that they will sense your presence. And God, I pray that you will be faithful. Bring us all through this in ways that we may not understand, but yet knowing that we have entrusted our souls to a God who is good. Thank you for your faithfulness. Most of all, thank you for Jesus. He is our reason to hold on. And it's in his name we rejoice. Amen. Well, I, I'm grateful for you today. And here's the thing. Perhaps for some of you in the room, I, I know pretty much everyone that's here today. Thank you for worshiping with us and being part of this room. But if you need prayer, encouragement, maybe a next step in your faith, uh, don't miss the moment. We're here um, for you. And even though um, we're doing things that are to protect one another and to honor one another. Look, if you need to talk, that's why our staff is here and we want to help you as well as our online family. Maybe even for some of you today, you realize you need a next step in your relationship with God. And so you could drop us an email. You can be a part of this community of people who are imperfect, but yet walk with a perfect God who loves us and is with us and who's faithful. And he's going to be that for you. So if you need help in your journey with Christ, or maybe you want to take the first step to understand who Jesus was, let us help you in that. Um, he's that kind of God and he's good and he loves us. And I'm so grateful for you today. I, I want to thank you for being faithful in your giving during this time. Here's, here's what's a reality is that to continue to be faithful, not only in ministry, um, but also in the things that we need together as a community. It's been amazing to see how people would continue to be faithful with their giving. And I want to say thank you for that. And thank you for those of you who are online and you found ways to use technology to do that. You're not only making a difference here, but you're making a difference around the world. And we get to hear that every week. And that's because of you. So thank you for being faithful. For those of you in the room today, you can leave your gifts in our offering boxes as you leave. And for those of you online, you can go to our website if you're not familiar with how to do it yet. But we've made it available for all of you. And I want to say thank you. Continue to be faithful. If you're going through a season of life and you just can't, listen, I'm praying for you. There's no pressure in that. We're praying that God will restore jobs and health and life for all of us. And so thank you at least for being a part. May we continue to be an encouragement to you in your life. 
And now I want to say something very important. Uh, just one final thing before we go to our ministry to children to jumpstart. Um, we're going to make a shift. And, and this is something that I've observed over the last few weeks. Here's what I've learned. Um, for those of you who are in our online family, um, you're staying at a distance for reasons that we totally understand. And man, I'm so grateful for you. And we want to continue to encourage you. But we've also found that many people want to come to campus because they just want to be around people. They want to see the smiles behind the, the mask. Uh, they want to be able to knock elbows and fist and, and say hello and be encouraged. Why? Because from the beginning of the church, the gathering of the believers has always been important. And you know, technology can do that in some capacity, but there's nothing like seeing someone. And what I've learned as we've gone back to our two service model, even in the last few weeks and observed, it's just better when there are more of us together. It just feels better when you have more of the community of believers rejoicing and worshiping together. And so we're going to make a shift, a very strategic shift, because this is more than likely a long race that we're going to be running together. And when you're running a long race, here's what I've learned. You need people encouraging you. You need people standing beside you. You need people with you. And so in a few weeks, on August the 16th, we're giving you time to prepare. We're going to make a shift back to one service at 10 a.m. And we're going to do that to allow our group at 9.15 and our group at 11 o'clock to come together. And we're going to do that because we have plenty of space. We have plenty of room to not only abide by our local authorities and what they have said, and to do so with honor and respect, but to do so with honor and respect. Not because we are mandated, but because we are people of faith and we show ourselves as people of faith to the world. And yet in doing so, we are not going to forsake the gathering together. So on August 16th, we'll move back to one service. So for those of you who are, who are here early, you get to sleep in a few more minutes, right? And then you'll get to see more of our 11 o'clock family together as we rejoice together. Here's the thing. It doesn't really feel like church, right? It's kind of challenging when it's like, man, let's spray things down. Get out of here. Hurry up. Let's change it over. And I don't like any of that. So we'll have margin on the front side, margin on the back side. And yes, we're going to be appropriate. We're going to social distance. We're going to do it right. But we're going to be the family. Amen. We're going to be the family. And we're going to be a strong family during this. We're going to work together to overcome this. And we have plenty of ways to do that and to spread out. So in a few weeks, we're going to do that strategically because I've just seen in you how good it is to be together. How good it is to see your smiling faces, to be encouraged. And that means a lot to me. And I know it means a lot to you. And it'll mean a lot to you who are in our online family when you choose to return with your family and your children. We're going to do this well and we're going to do this right because we're a family. So I want you to be aware of that. August the 16th, 10 a.m., one service. We're going to continue to bring it to you online of which you can watch it anytime. And we're grateful for you. But we're gonna fight and we're gonna rejoice because we are the people of God, children loved, whom he's with and who he's faithful to. And so I'm looking forward to continuing to walk through this with each of you together. 
So I'm grateful for you today. Look forward to talking and encouraging you as you walk